Hey everyone, I'm excited because we are coming to you live from Dubai, United Arab Emirates. And we have two amazing special guests for you today. We have director Ursula McFarlane. You know her from the Harvey Weinstein doc and so many other cool things we're gonna talk about. And we have producer Alexandra Lacey. And one of the things she worked on was the Manson Lost Tapes, I believe it was. Very cool. Um, they are both uh, involved with and responsible for the brand new Netflix documentary, Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me. But we really do. So we're here to talk all things Anna Nicole with our friends and the documentary. Hi, ladies. Hello, everybody. Hi. Somewhere in California. I, I remember we saw you on a beach somewhere in California, maybe, or in your shop in Beverly Hills. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, we, and we, tried we, on we did go to dresses. Santa Barbara. Yeah. Yep. And Ursula, where are you? And Alex, where are you? So I'm in New York City. And nice. I am in London, London, England. Oh, nice. Wait, oh what God. are you doing in London? She's supposed to be in London. <laughs> I know our accents are switching places. I sound American, but I live in England. And Ursula sounds British and lives in America. I mean, so, so confusing. Temporarily. <laughs> what? I didn't even know this happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is amazing. Awesome, you guys. I'm really excited because the documentary that you guys both did, Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me, drops, like, worldwide the 16th of May, right? We haven't seen it, so, Paul. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm so excited about how passionate you guys were to begin with and how much... Well, to begin with, I can say that having conversations with Alex, and I was like, okay, she needs more info. Okay, she needs more info. Yes. Okay. I'm like, Alex, what do we need all this information for? Just put us through. I need to talk to the person who's handling all this, because I'm not going to tell you anything anymore. Exactly. Ursula, I have a very big question for you, and for Alex, probably both. When you are narrowing down people to pick to bring in for this documentary to help tell the story of our best friend, Anna Nicole Smith. Why did Paul and I make the cut? <laughs> We're curious. <laughs> I mean, I think we very pretty quickly found out that you were there. You were really there. And that was the one thing for all of our subjects. We wanted to make sure they put the time in. They were actually there. Not they met her at some party once or they wrote a couple of articles about her, you know, that you you put the time in and you know and we knew that from other people as well not just not just yourselves and that was really important to us that everybody in the film had legitimate reason to be in the story you know they 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 weren't there for just a minute they they were in her life they had a proper relationship with her and that was clear i think it was clear when we first talked to you that that was the case but that was the criteria really nice well that was that that's very nice yeah i mean I appreciate the fact that all those intimate moments that we shared with each other and the all the stories that we shared with you guys were was received and I knew that you were going to do something fantastic and beautiful with it and it was important to know that we are working with people that really could understand and delve into someone that we really care about someone that we still miss someone that we still share so much with every single day as our journey still continues yeah, and theirs kind of stopped, although their light still shines in a different way in our hearts and minds. And we're able to just kind of see how we could, you know, just share and, and celebrate every single day. Well, Ursula, when I found out that you were involved and I knew the project that you had worked on, because I watched it, the Harvey Weinstein thing, I was very, I loved the cinematic feel and I loved the way you really delved into the nitty gritty and the dirt and kind of really got into what really, the rawness of everything. Mm -hmm. I really thought you could do that with Anna too and telling her story. And do you think you did with this documentary? I mean, I think Alex and I, are proud of the film. I think we feel, I'm not going to use the word definitive because nothing could ever be definitive and you could never 100% know one person's secrets and their whole story. 
But I think as far as we can, as far as we could, we've tried to make a portrait that's truthful and that's balanced and that's sensitive and, you know, and, and shows all sides of Anna. It, it feels like, you know, you knew her really well, but obviously she was Anna Nicole Smith. And then to you, she was your friend Anna and she was different things to all of these different people. And I think for us, it was, like I said, you know, making sure that the only people talking in the film were people who genuinely knew her for the period mm. that they knew her. And so, you know, are, are able to really get to the truth of as much as, as that's possible, of the truth of, of who she really was. Sure. Yeah. We really wanted to humanize her because I think oftentimes icons are sort of, you sort of reflect what you want an icon to be, right? And they're almost like, they like they're sort of one dimensional, I guess, in our minds. Whereas we felt we wanted to humanize her, you know, because all of us have, you know, vulnerabilities and complexities and light and shade and all of that, right? And so it felt like we wanted to present something that was well researched and that would humanize her, a humanizing portrait of someone that we knew, sort of, you know, from distant headlines. I know you knew her really well, but you know, for most of right. us, we knew we knew sort of the the caricature that was created in the tabloid headlines for so many years, and we wanted to dive in and get to know who was the woman behind those headlines. And you know what, Alex, I do want to say that when you said, you used the word icon, I love that you used that word when describing our friend Anna Nicole Smith, because we wrote the book, as you know, Anna Nicole Smith, and we named it Portrait of an Icon, because she truly was what we feel an mm -hmm. icon in our time. Mm -hmm. One that we miss every single day. And I, we agree, she's the Marilyn Monroe of our time. I, I really think so. I think when we, when we first were talking to each other and then we met in Santa Barbara, I think you used the same kind of context when you were trying to describe the feeling mm -hmm. and what you guys could imagine how to be able to translate someone's body of work yes. and life. Because it did extend into so many different arenas of life, like mm -hmm. motherhood, uh, sisterhood, a parent, a friend, a lover. There's so many different encompassing um, items that she embodied. And it, it was at times very exaggerated, mm -hmm. but I, I can't wait to see it myself because I really want to see all the different poignant moments that you were able to extract and put into one area where everybody could celebrate and really get to know her and i guess i would like to know that after you guys like completed this do you guys think you you're able to then show the world the real anna nicole what maybe what they don't know or they're going to learn something from yeah i mean i hope so um You'll be able to tell us <laughs> tomorrow when you see it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we've tried really hard to be as, as, as deep and honest and, and as truthful as, as we can be. Um, and, you know, like we were saying, I think she, there are so many different perspectives on her. And I'm sure some people will see the film and go, well, I knew her and she was different, or I, you know. But I think she was a kind of chameleon sort of character. And I think what's great about you two, and I think the reason Alex and I really wanted to talk to you and have you in our film is you were there for this very important latter part of her life and the tragic, the months yeah. that led up to the tragic end. And it was really important for us that there were people in the film who were genuinely there at that time because so many films have been made, TV specials, tabloids, whatever, about, you know, the sort of, the, the, the murky details around that time. and. And, you know, it was really important to us that we get that stuff right. I think there's mm -hmm. been so much conjecture and sort of suppositions and rumours and lots of horrible things about those last months of her death. And we didn't really want to make it about her death. You know, we wanted to make it about her extraordinary life. With all its complexities, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think when people see this film, they will think, wow, she's really complex. You know, she is... Yeah. She doesn't always make the right decisions. Um, she's right. right shade. She's wonderful and beautiful. She can be difficult. You know, all of the things that I'm sure you know and that you talked about. But that's what makes her a human being. You know, that's what makes her relatable. We hope mm. to to our audience. And you know, as Alex says, she's not just this unattainable icon. You know, she is. She's she was a real person. And you were able to get us into that. You know, you were able to show us that that person.
can I say hearing your voice right now? I'm going back to when we were taping this in, in the living room, in our living room, obviously. Yeah. And I, I visualized the screen and you said, look here, you'll see my reflection, hear my voice. Yes. And I want you to take yourself back and then answer the questions as honestly and as purely and authentic that you remember. Yeah. And honestly, I have chills going up and down my spine right now because I'm hearing your, your voice and it's bringing back those times. And I'm starting to reminisce about some of the details that we spoke about. Yes. And, and wow, like, oh my God, it's just, well, one thing I think is interesting is that when um, Richard Thomas did Anne and Nicole, the opera, and yeah. <laughs> we flew to London for the Royal Opera House and saw, and before they did, before he wrote the opera, he came out to the Beverly Hills and sat with us for three days and interviewed us and filmed us for the documentary they did of making the opera. And then we were flown out to London for the opening night and we were there watching it, it was so, to me, because everything we had talked to about intimate secrets and details and things about our life that people, some people didn't know he put into the opera. Yeah. So we were sitting in the audience, like watching the life of our words that we spoke Just about. unfold in front of us on stage. On stage. Live. And so I'm, I'm really curious and I, to see how this is gonna translate in the Netflix documentary, because um, again, you 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 you're interviewed, you do it, and then you have to wait, and you know it, it hasn't been a, a short wait, Ursula and Alexandra. No, it's been a long, long journey for us. I think we both spent a couple of years of our lives on this project. Yeah. I got a fun fun fact for you about Richard Thomas. Um, we actually, one of the first things we did was speak to him because I was in one of his shows playing Kate Middleton, one of his comedy shows here in London. Oh, what? Uh, it was at the Kate Middleton Choir. There was 10 of us all with wigs oh and bellies singing uh, All That yes. She Wants Is Another Baby. But anyway, um, yes. when I came on to it, I was like, Brett, I'm going to have us speak with him because, of course, we knew that he'd done the opera and we wanted right. to ask him a bit about his research process. And so, yeah, he spoke about coming out and spending time with you and... Going to the strip. Oh, now, now we know how you found wait. us. <laughs> wait, did he also tell you that we went to get Chinese the food right after? Yeah. You did? Yes. What, in London? In London? Yes. Did you guys go yes. to Soho? Soho is yes, so and, and, Yes, and, oh, and yeah. when that happened, we were invited, and Graham Norton wanted to sleep with both of us that night. Oh, well, my goodness. Wow. Oh, my goodness. You didn't talk no, about it. no. Oh. Wait, wait, what did you say, Ursula? You didn't take him up on it. That was a joke. Oh my God! You can't be saying that right now. He, but he, but but he's exaggerating a little oh. bit. He actually wanted to sleep with me, and then I told him I come with package. I mean baggage. And then he looked at me and said, "That's okay. You can come as well." That means he wanted to sleep with both of us. I like Graham though. He's very cool. It very was, cool it was guy. Really a, it was yeah. really a fun night though, for it was, sure. It definitely. was really, really a very fun night. Yes. But there's something um, else funny about Richard. Um, when we met him, do you remember, Alex? We, we had a Zoom. I think it must have been because it was COVID. And he said this really interesting thing that really resonated with me. He said, You know, I was doing all this research. I must have talked to you guys. And I got thinking that if she had lived in the 19th century, she would have been a heroine in an Italian Puccini or Verdi opera. And I yes. Said, yes, that is exactly what she is. She's like this epic story of a woman, you know, the rise yeah. of all. It, it is exactly that. It's an operatic story. And it really got me thinking about what a kind of what a huge sort of every woman she is in a way. You know, so many women have gone through this kind of story. So, yeah, it was great talking to him. He was super, super helpful. And, and Ursula, Ursula, I have to ask, why did you decide to do the Anna Nicole story, the Anna Nicole documentary? Because this is a big, like she's like you said, a big personality, but she's also a human. She's a woman. What, what attracted you to say, yes, I want to do Anna Nicole? I mean, 
were you a fan before? Had you met her? You hadn't met her before. Right? Alex, no, 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 Alex no, no, made no, her do no, it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and also being in being in the UK, you know, her show was not a, a bigger deal as it. I mean, we knew about it, but my memory of it was all the beautiful stuff. It was the guests, you know, it was the Playboy, but mainly the guests, you know, those absolutely iconic black and white images that I just mm -hmm. thinking, oh my God, this is the most beautiful woman in the world. I mean, she's, so I guess that was my first sort of memory of her. And then, and then I remembered all the gold digger accusations and how she was so maligned by everybody really, you know, us, the media, who accused her of being a gold digger. And so the more I looked into this, I just thought there's a really interesting story here. There's a big challenge to kind of uncover what the actual truth is, because it can't, the truth is never that simple, right? And there's this popular sort of fairy tale mythology around her, which was that she was the gold digger and, and then she was a drug addict and then she lost her life, you know, and, but if there was something about her, I think it was, she's so dazzling, you know, she drew me in visually and then I just wanted to find out more and uncover what was truth and what was a lie. And I think, you know, and Alex and I, as we dug down, we realized that so much of the story was half true or completely false, you know, and it was layers upon layers upon layers of, of stories and, and, you know, kind of suppositions about her that just weren't true. So it was an enormous challenge for us, I think. And, and we kind of just went into that with real excitement because it's great to be able to tell the story of someone that you think you know, but you don't, you know, hence the title. You don't know me because I think people don't know her or didn't. How did you guys come up with the title? Did you already know this when we were talking? Or no. was this something that you guys developed as you moved through the, the it, it, process? It was, it, yeah, in the edit, we talked about it so much. Um, yeah. We had other titles. And, and I think it just, I kept coming back to this because I thought there's something very simple and quite sort of poetic about it. You don't know me because you don't, you don't know me. And, and it felt like also she was, it was like her saying it to the audience, you know, you don't know me. So come and watch this. Maybe you'll find out a little bit more. Can you share with us some of the titles that didn't make the cut? Oh my God, I can't even Gosh, remember. I can't even remember. My memory's terrible, the treat. Alex, <laughs> Alex, you have notes, it's in your bag. I know you carry it around. Yeah, you somewhere. It's in a Google Doc somewhere, but I, you know, I want to stay focused on you. I'll lose this camera. Um, wow. <laughs> but I think like it's also kind of, in a way, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but you know, she was so many different things to different people. You know, she was a young woman coming of age. We forget how old she was, you know, like these formative years yeah. in, in the spotlight, right? And sort of trying right. to be, be Anna Nicole Smith, trying to be Anna Nicole Smith on the reality show, you know, like the big model, the, the role model, sure. the mother, the friend. And so, you know, I guess the question, the question arises a few times, you know, do we think she knew herself fully, you know? And I wonder what you guys think about that. Yeah. I, I mean, do, do, does any of us really know ourselves as we journey through life and the different yeah, stages yeah. of life? Yeah, And of as we figure things out, then there's something new that we feel like is developed and mm -hmm. we try to, you know, go about that detour or that path. I mean, I don't know. I think one of the Our, things that I had heard and I saw some news stories that came out that about the Netflix, about the, your documentary, is that um, Anna liked to tell a lot of lies and spin half-truths yeah. and make up stories. And I honestly, I never experienced that with Anna. Yeah. She was so truthful and honest with, with me and, I, and with Paul. And I think probably because she knew Paul would give her shit if she lied to him. Like, you can't look at this face and lie to him. Remember, <laughs> he knows. Remember the judgmental <laughs> eyes? <laughs> so uh, The coffee cup? Yes. <laughs> you remember. I knew that's what you were doing when you went like that. Ah, yes. You're going to have to explain to your viewers what that what the coffee cup thing is because they're not going to know. I know. No, I, I would have loved to do that. I wish we could do this in Beverly Hills at yes. the boutique and we could all be there at the same time and I would read your coffee cup again. Yes. <laughs> I'll just go to the now, kitchen and make now, myself a cup of coffee and you can read it live on, on screen. But to that point, right. actually, about her being truthful to you, Yes. See, that's what I think is really interesting because I think we have discovered that she spun 
certain different lines to certain people and particularly in the in the media and you'll see that but i think it did seem that there were people there were some people for whom she was you know she could be completely herself right and that was you two and you know there's a couple of other people in the film who i think just were really like she could be anna nicole or vicky lynn in some cases you know she could be yes. a real person but i think she was a little bit of a chameleon to, to, uh, to other people around, perhaps people that she didn't want to get so close to, I don't know. But I think she had that ability to, you know. Well, like, Paul would like to, yeah, Paul would say that there are many people that came and went and came and went out of Anne and Nicole's life. And we were the constant. We were always, like we were never came and went, came and went, we were just always there. And I think that's the difference with our friendship with other than what, what but, she had with others. But isn't that the same with all of us? I mean, our friendship goes through different stages mm -hmm. and the, the consistency is the trust. And I feel that when you have that relationship of connectivity, because yeah. I remember when you guys asked me initially, the very, one of the very first things that, that, you know, when I first met her was, when she held on, I mean, she grabbed my, um, my hand, very first, first meeting that I had with her. Mm. And then we sat down on the couch and she was like, you're not like the others. And probably thinking back right now, I, I, I probably don't know what she meant. I just thought, okay, I'm not like the other designers because I'm, you know, in my design mode right now. I don't <laughs> really know you the yeah. way I'm supposed to. I know so much of you, but not you the person that i get to have to feel and touch right now in front of me right so when she grabbed my hand and she said um you're not like the others i grew to be able to understand what that really meant when so many people would come in, in and out of her life and i feel like she probably did represent herself in a different way but i almost think that's a safety mechanism you had she had to have barriers up she had to have walls up because she couldn't let everybody in because right. everybody was for a different purpose, it seemed like. But she knew who she could trust. Right. And you know, we've talked about this, Ursula, and you know, you know, we know more. Right. And you know, I told you, as soon as this is done, we're going to have a conversation. Yes. <laughs> and it's, um, it's hard to really um, identify, I guess, because... She is different people to different, different friends. But I think for us, for Paul and I, she was very stripped down, yeah. raw, emotional, like, the, the, you know, it's just... Wait, let me ask you guys. Do you guys agree? You guys saw a different side of us when you guys did the interview and you put the whole piece together. We haven't seen it. Right. Do you guys agree with what we're saying? That we saw a different side of you, did you say? No, the fact that she trusted us differently or she yeah. was uh, yeah. truthful with us or the what we knew of her and the authenticity that we shared was genuine. Yeah, I think she would I think she wouldn't have had you in the Bahamas if she didn't, because the Bahamas was a moment where she was trying to leave Hollywood and she was trying to start right. again. And she was particularly vulnerable for a lot of that, wasn't she? And so whoever she wanted yeah. around her at that point feels and like... That, yeah, you know, trust, sorry, Alex. Yeah. You know. And I think the fact that you went there, you straight over there when Daniel died, and obviously after her death as well, um, that means a lot. But, 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 you know, other people told us this as well. I mean, other people said, yes, they were the real deal. You know, she was... They were genuine, genuine friends. Right. I just want to ask you, why do you think so many people went in and out of her life from what you could see? Because there was a kind of revolving door, wasn't there? Why, why do you think that was? Well, I feel that everybody seemed like they wanted something from her. Mm. And they really just tried to find a niche to be able to hang on to. But everybody wanted a piece of her. Yeah. The makeup artist, the hairstylist, the, you know, this, the, that. And, and we never needed anything from her. We just wanted her love and friendship and acceptance and support. And that's what she gave us. And we gave it back to her mutually. Yeah, I, 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 every time we were on the red carpet, 
everywhere we went. I mean, people were grabbing onto her. It was like the Beatles. Yeah. Like paparazzi everywhere. And yeah. I'm like, uh, hello. Like, it's people, like, you know, we're trying to get through. I didn't understand it. I didn't know it. I was there for her. She would just grab my hand from behind and go, just, just follow me. Yeah. And then she'd be doing her thing, arms up, frailing everywhere. And, and it's interesting because back then, there was no Kardashians. There was no reality shows. There was no paparazzi. Like, Anna invented the whole game of all of this. She was really brilliant when it came to that. Um, but she really knew how to, to make it work for her. And to make this big personality of Anna Nicole Smith. And she had that for everybody else. But we would be with her on the trim spa bus. Or we'd be with her, you know, in the limousine. And then we'd get out and we'd, we'd see a different side to her. And then we'd see her get out of the limousine or get out of the trim spa bus and transform into this totally different personality mm. that we knew and saw. But that was not the stripped down emotional woman and dear friend that we experienced. So it was really interesting yeah. to watch. That's so interesting. And, and I mean, you know, I think when you watch the film, you will see that. You will see that there are a few people in her life who she really confides in, who can see this person that's not, you know, sort of larger than life, supermodel, gorgeous. I mean, obviously she is yeah. all of those things as well, but they sure. see a different side and, and you did. And one of the things I thought, is very moving actually that we covered in the film is how you went out there after Daniel died. And and again, the paparazzi were descending like crazy. Mm -hmm. And you saw firsthand what it was like for her to be living through that. Her baby's just been born and her son has just died. And that it's, was it, always been, you know, very, very yeah. moving to me. It, it's interesting when you say that because I remember when I got that call that Daniel died and I got on that plane. And if you remember, Ursula, I told you guys this. The first thing, I got to the house in the Bahamas. And I went into her bedroom. And she just cried in my arms. And now I'm thinking about this again. I'm I sorry. I'm getting our <laughs> uh, we We're supposed to be, we're supposed we're to be supposed interviewing to be you. A fun interview. We're flipping um, it. We're flipping it around. It's unexpected. <laughs> But you know what, when you guys were there there with her, you know, inside that house, and then you still had, you know, paparazzi sticking um, cameras over the side of the wall and stuff like that, yeah. you know, trying to definitely get a photograph of her. And I really think that what struck me, you know, working on this project is, is that the price of fame, you know, that actually yeah. it isn't all beautiful and wonderful and glitzy and fabulous. There is another side of it that comes that I think a lot of people don't realize. And like these days with social media and TikTok, you know, kids, everybody wants to be famous. And I, I, I would actually hope that yeah. what they would take from this is that there is another side of fame, that it isn't it isn't all wonderful, that you have to be prepared for for all of sure. it, you know? Um, and, and, and the interesting thing is that she was so berated in the media for not burying her son for, you know, all these days. They were on CNN. They were, oh, day 25, day 20. And I just remember... Anna in my arms telling me she can't bury him because if she does, then he's really gone. Mm. And it's just, it, it gives me chills to even think about that. But it's, mm. it's so true. I like, I don't know if something happened to our I mean, child. I don't know. Would we, like, I don't know if I, how you would be in that same position. We talked about this a few days ago, actually. And when she was getting the plot, tell yeah, when, when, when Anna was getting the burial plot in the Bahamas, and I think I told you guys this, I think this is, I told you guys in the interview, I remember that she was very insistent on picking out a second plot for herself and asked me my opinion where it should be. And I helped her pick out the plots of where, where it should be in the Bahamas. And it was really, it struck me as weird that she was like, you know, well... I, we want to do it in the Bahamas, and I want to got to have a plot for me. She was very insistent on making sure she had a burial plot for herself. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a hard, you know, that's a, when you're burying your child, and then you're also, you've got to have a plot for you. It's, it's a very telling, mm -hmm. very telling story. 
absolutely. It's just beyond tragic, isn't it? It's beyond tragic. It is. And also, you knew Daniel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, there's not a day that goes by that you know. Remember, you you guys remember we, I named our group chat. Remember what I named our group chat in the WhatsApp? I do. <laughs> well, <laughs> tell our listeners what 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 I named it. <laughs> Hot smoochy lips. <laughs> I just love I love that was her screen name. It's fabulous. So for our, our, our listeners in our age will remember AOL. The, the young ones are going to be like, what the hell is AOL? America I, Online. I still have it. I still have AOL. Hello, it works. Exactly. I mean, and I'm trying to remember what my screen name was. What was your screen name? Can you disclose? Mine was Patrick AZ1 because I was going back and forth from Scottsdale to California. Oh, mine, I, I, I'm pretty... Just basic. It was my name, Paula Two. No, it was Paula Two B H. Beverly Hills. You still yeah. have the email. I still have it. <laughs> I think I think mine might have been like drama queen or something because I was always in the acting classes and stuff in school. I, I was it. always on stage. I think it was like drama queen, but spelled in like a really weird way, you know. <laughs> but it's also interesting because back then, you know, people weren't very tech savvy, and Anna Nicole. Everyone thought she was this dumb blonde. She was pretty smart. She was tech savvy. We used to do yeah. AOL Instant Messenger for the young people that don't know what that is. Yeah. Ask your parents. <laughs> that like nice noise that came up, like you could see yeah. everyone who was online. Absolutely. I kind of I kind of miss those days, like dial-up internet and stuff. You know, for all you youngins, yes. there was dial-up, and you could only go one person at a time. Yeah. Well, we could yeah. never do a podcast like this, though, in those days, could we? I mean, this just... No, right? Happen. We couldn't. We couldn't it's, do it's, this. It's, so. I'm glad that we're, that we're doing this. Yeah. What, what do you guys think? Do we have to get our tissues out when we watch this documentary tomorrow? I mean, there's no getting away from the fact that there's a lot of yeah. tragedy in her life. I mean, that you know, I, I, for me, it's... I'm sure for Alex as well, you know, it's losing your son two days after yeah. a baby is born and then losing your own life. I, it's just, it's such a tragic waste of, of a beautiful person and a beautiful boy. But I also have to say there's a lot of laughs in there as well because she's very funny. And yeah. you know, we've, we've um, there's some great archival footage and, and voice messages and things that you'll hear in there. Oh, yes. Extremely there's... funny and funny photos. I... And she's obviously got a wicked sense of humor. So, you know, we've tried yeah. to... We don't want it to be just, you know, a film that's going to break your heart and make you feel depressed because we want you to come away thinking, what a great woman, you know, right. and it's so tragically, but actually she had a lot to teach the world. You know, she was fabulous. She was a good friend. She was a really good mom. That's something we really wanted to make. And, you know, it was important to us that came over in the film because she obviously, sure. loved, Daniel. She obviously loved her baby, Danny Lynn. And you know, so we want you to kind of laugh at her, laugh with her and enjoy her and enjoy her fun and her smarts and her, you know, her joie de vivre. But also understand, like Alex says, you know, that fame is not, is not necessarily everything it's cracked up to be. And What's the time span in the documentary? Because that's what we never knew, what the time span is covered in the documentary. Whole life. The whole life. Well, I was just going to say, you, I, I was just, well, you brought that up just then, Ursula, the archival, and I realized they have no idea about, about what Ooh. we found. Um, uh, there's some stuff. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful footage of her that no one's ever seen um, that I found in an old friend's home that you wow. probably don't even know about, actually, and it's from the early I 90s. You're just going to love it. It's like she's just, she's the guest girl. She's living her dream. She's beautiful. She's on the phone to her agent. She's doing her thing. So yeah, you're gonna enjoy, you know, oh, yeah. seeing that. Footage. I, I love that. I love that because when we yeah. were on the trim spot bus and and we put it in our book, one of the things I can honestly say to this day, Anna Nicole was the most beautiful woman I think I've ever encountered. At two o'clock in the morning on the trim spot bus for three days with not a stitch of makeup on, yeah. she was stunning. I mean, we she were floored. We, you know, usually you watch, you, you guys know you make a TV show, you watch footage and, you know, yeah. you'll sort of scoot through it to get to the good bits, right? But when we found yep. this footage, we were just floored. Like we sat there for hours watching all of it. And, you know, I was just completely mesmerized by her, you know? She's, wow. um, and you, there's something about her eyes that pulls you in, 
you know. Yes. Her eyes and that jawline. I mean, my God, yeah. her bone structure. You know, if she was yeah. alive today, she'd still look great because she's got such beautiful bone structure. Yeah. And those eyes, like you say. And, but also, yes. um, you know, one of the people who worked with her during the Playboy time said she was just without, beautiful, without makeup, she was just so beautiful. Yes, mm, 100%. You know, she didn't need makeup, actually. And, and she was beautiful when she was thin, when she was overweight, when she was in between. Like, she's just always stunning. As curvy, thin, everything, all of it. She's very pretty. Always stunning. I have a question. What is the one thing that surprised you when you guys thought you wanted to do regarding the documentary? And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wait, we had no idea. What's the one thing that... I think we have to wait for you to watch the film or we're going to give it away. That's what I think. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Well, I think mean, oh, you got okay. to tune in okay, tomorrow. That's what I think. Okay, how about this? What is it from each of you, from Ursula and from Alexandra, what is one thing from each of you that you that didn't make the cut that you wish you would have put in the documentary? Yeah, you could say that one. <laughs> oh, well, I can't really say that because then that, mm, I don't know, that's a tricky one. Though. It's giving away too much again. You two. Listen, <laughs> listen, we, we're going to watch it. The world yes. is watching. You guys put so much effort into this. Yes. You guys put passion, love, all of it. Yes. So we're going to watch it. That there is a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor because you know what it's like. You make you make film and television. You know, you, you do sure. very long interviews and you have loads of visuals and you have loads of archival and... You've got to craft it down, craft it down, craft it down. So, you know, of course there are things that, that are on the cutting room floor, floor, so to speak. But I think I think we've tried very hard to sort of distill it to her essence and be as mm. truthful as we can be with the facts that we know. Mm. You know, that's yeah. what we've tried really hard to do. Um, and we'll How see long is it? it? How long it's, is the documentary? Uh, one hour, 55 minutes, I think. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, a, good, so, that's a good length. So let so okay so let's say I know this is a huge success I, I I have no doubts that it's the most enjoyable and informational kind of documentary that I'm gonna want to sit through and go on a ride that you guys are put us on yeah. great how many more of Anna Nicole docs do you think with the information that you have that you can probably do moving forward. <laughs> How many more Anna Nicole films did you say? Yeah, yeah because yeah. this is oh, one yeah. hour and 55 minutes, and yeah, you've got all of us sitting on the cutting room mm -hmm. floor. How many more can you put together? Well, I mean, somebody said to us the other day, actually, should we let her rest in peace now? And I hope if people like this film and they feel it's, it, it, they can relate to it and they really help them understand somebody that they perhaps thought they knew but didn't, then perhaps yeah. that's it's time. You know, perhaps it's time mm -hmm. for this to be the last documentary for a while. You know, there are other projects out there. But maybe it's time to let, let her rest for a little bit. Yeah, um, I would agree. I would agree. I think it would be nice to kind of... Because, I mean, her voice is in it so much because of this archival that we found. Um, it's it, it was really important to us that we got her to speak about you know, her life, her hopes, her dreams, you know, wow. to show us something like that. And so feels like she's getting heard for the first time on a global stage, right? Because, you know, a lot of what's been made yeah. about her in the past were for the U.S. So yeah. here she is on the global stage getting heard around the world. I think it'd be nice to, um, to let her rest for a bit now, you know? Yeah, but Alexandra, I am going to ask this because you did, you did bring this up, actually. Um, Larry Burkhead is not in the documentary, correct? I think because I saw something in the press that he said he wasn't in it and he was producing his own documentary. Yeah, apparently he he has said that. Yeah. yeah. So he's not in the doc. He's not in it then. We're gonna have to watch it to oh. see. Can't you see? <laughs> you guys, this is one of my favorite parts of our segment, and we we what we do is we call it runway rundown, and we go through some of the looks of celebrities on the carpet. This is all about Anna Nicole. She's our best friend at this point, yes. right? Because you guys have spent so much time with her. And we 
know how much we love and care about her. So we're going to go through some of the looks that we saw on the carpet before. And we always do run, we run down. Sometimes we do the good, the bad, the ugly, sometimes all the above. But this one, I love. This is from VH1, Big in 04. And Anna Nicole Smith won Best Dressed at VH1, Big in 04. You yes. guys remember when you guys came to the boutique and <sighs> yes. I think we had some of these gowns on the mannequin? We did. You did. Absolutely. I mean, so, I think we should we should set a who wore it better, and you should be in the dress right now, Paul, so we can say who wore it better, and then we can choose I Anna. I don't think you can get into it though. Because what surprised me about this dress is, it was so. Thank tiny. you, Ursula, because you know I'm not. I I'm very petite. <gasps> I would never feel. I would never feel this region at all with the big boobs. Look at that. Paul, for our listeners that are listening and not seeing and watching, can you describe the dress for them? Yeah, I made this with Italian lycra. It's swimsuit material. I actually had two hours because she wasn't going to go to the event. No, 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 then no. She called and said, oh, Paul, Patrick, Paul, I need a dress. I'm like, okay, great, Anna. When, she go, when's, the, when's the event? She go, well, I need the dress. It's for big in 04. It's VH1. Oh, my God. I decided I'm going to go. I'm like, okay, great. When's the dress? When do you need it? I'm thinking a week, whatever. It's at 8 o'clock tonight. I'm like, what? I can't believe you made that in two hours, Paul. Paul did. Don't get any ideas. I told you, by the way, you guys, you know, your dresses are hanging on the rack. Why haven't you come to pick them up? Aren't you supposed to be going to we I know. Party. <laughs> I tell you yes. what, in this picture, you can really tell that she feels beautiful in this photo. She right? just having Look a at her. Yeah. She's, she's so beautiful. I mean, she's flawless, right? But yes. then the way that dress fit her, her new shape, her new body, the way it glided, and then the side panel was completely transparent. All the beads and crystals that I had embellished with them. The yeah. Dress. Well, you know what? Maybe all the way down her leg, you could see skin. It was sexy. Yeah. Alex, you want me to make you one? Uh, I mean, I I really like the swimsuit material idea. I think it's a really really good idea because it means that you. It's, it's really breathable. cool, right? Yeah, it's breathable, yeah. and like if you, if you want to jump in the ocean or a pool at the end of the night, then it's absolutely fine. So there you go. I, I like you know what? Well, Anna Nicole was full of surprises, so you know there was nothing off the table at any given time. So we knew this going into this. And you know the interesting, the interesting thing, you guys, is this Italian lycra. We used some of it during COVID to make masks because we were nobody could get masks, and so we're using Italian lycra left over in the store when we were pulling and making masks out of it, and we made masks out of some of this. I didn't cut up her dress. Not her dress. I was just going to say, <laughs> some of her dress? What? No. Leftover roll. No, it's fabric. like a mini skirt. It's a mini skirt now. Post-COVID. No. Post-COVID mini skirt. It's a, it's a cocktail oh. version of it. <laughs> Ursula, what do you think of this look? Uh, I just love this. I love that pale baby blue that I think works with her eyes because she's got that kind of amazing greeny, bluey she looks great in blue actually every time i've seen her wear that baby blue color and like alex she just looks so happy she looks so happy and she's got great nails i always like enlarge her nails because i'm just so fascinated she's got this kind of like half i haven't had a manicure half kind of clear and then she's got these talons you know and they're always very cool looking i was just gonna say i want to talk about this gold dress oh yes <laughs> Okay, you know what? Let's go to the next one. <laughs> we, first of all, this is the gold dress that before before we talk about the gold dress, tell them this is the G4 gold dress that my husband turned her granny panties, remember, into a G-string and sent her on the red carpet in this dress. Okay, so I, I made the dress. We're in the bus, the trim spa bus. Yes. The huge bus turns around to go back onto the street. She's going to get out and, you know, go on the, the huge red, red carpet. carpet. And she's wearing granny panties. And I'm thinking to myself, and if people don't know what a granny panty is, it's one of those really, really big, large, you know, some of those unmentionable days that you just want to be comfortable kind of panties. Oh, and you're not feeling sexy about yourself for a minute. And I'm like, 
Anna, you can't walk out looking like this. She goes, but, but Paul, I, my dragon has to run. And I'm like, what are we talking about? What dragon? You know what, ha you know what happened, Paul? She spent so many times putting her hair up in G-strings, you know, when she's running out the house or whatever, that she used them up. The old and 90s and all the early 2000s, they were gone. Yes. So all she was left with. We, we discovered yes. that was a, uh, something we discovered about her from one of her friends. That she's uh -huh. Exactly. There's a, fun, there's a fun story in the film where she's rushing out to get auditioned for a guest shoot, I think. And she yeah. rolls out of bed and she doesn't have any makeup on and she doesn't have anything. So she literally takes her thong off and ties up her hair. And her <laughs> friend is like, oh my God, that is so gross. That's, that's, that's so her. Anna Nicole. Yeah. That's so her. Because when I, because the, take changing the granny panties. You know what she told me? I told her to change. She goes, no, just change it for me. So I went under her skirt and I had to cut it up and tie it Pair up. scissors. Tuck it up. Yes. And then slapped her on the behind and she went on the red carpet. It's like a little mini like SEMA wrestler outfit. Yeah. She I, is so you know, beautiful. But, this was all, but also you guys, interestingly enough, this was the most photographed dress of Anna Nicole ever because it was the last public appearance with yes. her and her son Daniel yes, together. That's right. Well, it's beautiful. She looks so beautiful. I think that pale gold is her color, isn't it? It sets yeah. off her hair. It's yeah, she looks yeah. fab. I like the shoes. Absolutely. As well. So you know about you know about this dress. This first of all, this photo, I shot this photo. I shot all these photos for People magazine. And it was on the cover of People. And there's a story about how Paul made this dress in the middle of the night, remember? Well, she told us she had a surprise and that we had to get to the Bahamas right now. So we had to go back. And I had just gotten home. Yeah. And then, so the surprise is we're gonna get on a, on a boat, on, on a catamaran, yeah. and then we're gonna go in the middle of the ocean and she's gonna marry Howard. But she needs a wedding dress. Yeah. And I thought to myself, what am I supposed to find with wedding dress fabric? <laughs> like, I don't know where you can get wedding dress. Exactly. So I had to build a wedding dress for her on a sewing machine in the middle of the night. Barred from one of the nanny's cousins who delivered it over the fence to me to run into the house. Meanwhile, there's paparazzi all around the gate wondering who is this person in a car handing a sewing machine over the wall. But I, I mean, I, I sort of feel like you guys were on your own little reality show where somebody was actually filming you to see, could you make the dress overnight with a little tiny sewing machine surrounded by paparazzi, you're sweating, there's bugs everywhere, and can, can you do it? Can you yes. do it? And he did. But I guess that day, that day she just wanted to have a, a good day amongst all the, the horrible stuff that was going on. And you know what? She is smiling, isn't she? And he looks happy. Yes. Totally and a lot, of people yes. Don't, a lot of people don't know that they got married, I don't think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And do you remember, Paul? You Paul caught the bouquet. Oh, my God. I got the bouquet. She turned around and she goes, you're next. And she, she threw it to Paul, handed the bouquet to him. And we still have the bouquet. I still have the bouquet. We still have the bouquet to this day. Wait. Didn't you guys see it? it well, was yeah. You guys got to get married now. Your yeah. turn. Oh my God, Alex, stop. <laughs> but she, you know, every single picture that I see of her in any dress that she's ever worn, I feel so connected to her. Yeah. And I, I, I see her pain in her eyes sometimes. I love the smile that she always shared with everybody to make them feel so beautiful as well. Yeah. And she encouraged and loved so many people. I just yeah. wish more people got to know her. I and agree. I hope, and I hope with this documentary. That and, people get to know her. I mean, and yeah. get to know the Anna Nicole that we knew. Yeah. And, and I know that you call that you don't know me, but I think we really knew Anna Nicole. Yeah. I, and, yeah. and miss her every day. Well, that's why you're in the film, you know? And hopefully we can just chip away at some of that some of the sort of false narratives and just like get to know this beautiful, complicated woman. That's what we want. We want people to come away and not judging her, you know? I feel she's been so judged all of her life and beyond and, and we want people to look at her and, you know, feel empathy and love her and realize she's a normal human being. Absolutely. Like and you know, and you know, to this day, there are several promises that we made to Anne and Nicole some secrets that may be revealed and we made promises to her and 
Ursula, we need to talk about after this. We do, because th that day is coming. We could stay on with them forever. <laughs> we were supposed to stop off in London on the way to Dubai, and then they booked our flight and changed us, because we thought we're going to be in London, we'll see you guys, and then they changed our flights from American to Emirates, and we didn't want to complain. We said, okay, we'll fly Emirates direct. <laughs> yeah, you got to fly Emirates. Great airline. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you well, haven't experienced life unless you've flown Emirates Airlines. Oh, I tell you, they're the best. They are the best. This is like an Emirates yeah, commercial now. Guys. Um, so lovely to see you. Thank you for having all right, guys, us. We I love you very show. much. And on and on the the way we always end our show every episode is you've just been undressed by Paul and Patrick. I loved every minute of it. I can't wait to see you both and give you big, 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 big hugs. Big I miss you both. Thank you. Virtual so much. hugs. Yeah. And I really, really appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my God. We could have just talked to them forever, Paul, right? Like, I love these two women. Could have kept them on forever. Um, but for our listeners that want to know more about the Adam Nicole documentary and see us on the documentary and some of Anna's other friends and learn more. It's called Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me. It's worldwide on Netflix. Everybody check it out because there's so much more that you just don't know. And hopefully these women did their research so diligently that got so much information they're willing to share with you. I, I think that they did and I feel like as we said, the documentary is called You Don't Know Me, but I think we really knew Anna Nicole Smith, and she knew us. Anyway, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, hit that notification button, wake up your mother, your brother, your sister, your best friend, tell them to listen to and watch Undressed with Paul and Patrick. And I want you to ring my bell, because I really like that little bell thing. Ring it. And wake up your dead grandmother, remember. Yes, they have Shake to. him up. Let's go. And we're out from Dubai. Goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by Vocal Podcast Network. Executive producers are Michaela Simon, Paula Tu, and Patrick Simpson. Produced by Ariana Giles and Morgan McDonald. Shooting by Tamsil Productions. Editing by Morgan McDonald. Music by Digital Camel. Artwork by Dominique Demetz and hosted by Paul Atu and Patrick Simpson and Little Snow White 90210. Remember to follow Paul at Paul Atu and Patrick at Patrick Simpson, Snow White at Snow White 90210, and vocal podcasts everywhere. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.